The year is 1979, and Black Sabbath has just fired Ozzy Osbourne as lead singer and frontman for one of the greatest metal bands ever to hit the music scene. Tonight, we talk about Ozzy Osbourne and his career after Black Sabbath, what he went through, what led to his firing from Black Sabbath. And my name is Phil Boyer. I am the co-founder of Busan Entertainment and avid metal and hard rock fan. And with me as co-host, as always, all the way from the great Viking land of Sweden is none other than Mike. Hello. He's also the lead singer of a rock and roll band himself called Grand Reserva. He doesn't like to point that out, but no, I, I don't know why, but it's sort of like it's it's well, you know me. <laughs> I'd much rather talk about Ozzy, for Christ's sakes. Much rather talk about Ozzy. Well, the name of this show is Sounds on Vinyl, and this is the podcast where we sit and we talk and we reminisce about the old, good old days of vinyl records from the 70s and the 80s. And uh, right now, like I said, 1979, we're going to be talking about Ozzy Osbourne and his career. So on April 24th, 1979, Black Sabbath told Ozzy, you're done. No more. We can't have you anymore. You're not doing anything. And uh, uh, what, Why was that, Phil? Is it, was it is drinking too much coffee or something like that? <laughs> well, okay, so as we said in, the, in, the, in the, the first part of the show, which is if you haven't heard the first part yet, go back, listen to the first episode over there. Uh, where we talk about Black Sabbath and all that stuff. But during during the late 70s, during the Never Say Die and Technical Ecstasy years, uh, those records didn't do too well. The tours didn't do too well, and the band was kind of feeling not so good about it. They weren't quite sure what was going on. Ozzy specifically, because of his history of being abused as a kid, uh, he became depressed and started to feel inadequate. And as they were getting ready to record, you know, write and record the the follow-up to Never Say Die, Ozzy just wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't show up. He was unreliable. And the band finally got fed up and said, you know what? You're drinking way more than we are, even though we're all alcoholics and drug addicts and everything else. But you're taking it to the extreme. You're not showing up. You're not wanting to work. You're not wanting to do all this stuff. So... It's time that uh, we parted ways. And that was the end of Ozzy. Nine short years of epicness in Black Sabbath. And what happened to Ozzy after that? Oh, my God. He, he went down into the ditch, and then you never heard about him again. Or... Yeah. <laughs> it's sort well, of like what what the hell is going on in in the the metal world i mean we talked about black sabbath releasing all the i mean five epic albums in in what like three years three years yeah and and it's sort of like i mean he got the boot from 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 sabbath in in april let's say april may in ni- 1979 somewhere around that let's say before he knew what what was going on it's sort of like may june something like that and in september of 1980 he releases his first debut album blizzard of us could you imagine i mean mean, it's it's so nuts 
You know, and it, this this story, when I was like really diving into this, I, I I'm I'm fascinated by the this whole story. So, like you said, he, he gets fired in April of '79, and in 1980, September 1980, he releases his his debut record. Now, keep in mind, this is a guy that was feeling worthless. He didn't want to record. He couldn't bring himself to go to work and and write and put his vocals down and all that stuff. He couldn't do that. Then on top of all that, he gets fired from the band that he basically just lived for, for the last decade or more. Yeah. I mean, that's really like, just got to like push you down even more, but somehow somewhere along the line, he put out a record and, and, the Blizzard of Oz was recorded between uh, March 22nd and April 19th of 1980. So it wasn't even a year later that he had that his next record in the can after getting fired. I just I find that like I, I don't feel like we know enough about that story. Like how the hell did he crawl up from that that the depths of hell to I, record I, I, this record? I, I got an idea, uh, and and her name is Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, you think she just kicked his ass? Yeah, I think she did. Uh, I mean, she she saw something in him, and still to this day, she she's right there uh, in his face. I mean, there there is no fluke that Randy Rhodes is the guitar player on on, on this album. I, I mean, it's it's sort of like where the hell did he find him? <laughs> I mean, True. it's it's. I mean, it's sort of like it's it's not your average Joe walking uh, walking out from the. I mean, the 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 sidewalk, uh, find him in a ditch or something like that. It's. I mean, you when you hear that kid play, it's sort of like holy shit. It's yeah. it's sort of like a reincarnation of Jimi Hendrix, if you will. True. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's insane like that record and, and listening to the guitars on here and yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of mind blowing actually yeah, it really that is. This record was again, he came from the depths of hell to put this together with one of the great guitar players, um, you know, of that era of that time. And, and, and you think it's to, to do that, you are oh, okay. You, you come up with some sort of like, a. a a, a lame album, if you will. You, you're you're a drunk. You're a has been. You've been a member of the one of the biggest bands in the world. And it's sort of like, okay, let's see what this guy has to offer. And he releases Blizzard of Us, and you got Crazy Train, and it's sort of mm-hmm. like, what? And then you got I don't know, and you got Mr. Crowley, and you got Suicide Solution, and the list goes on. And it's sort of like. Holy shit. Is this guy I, for real? Well, Blizzard of Oz is considered one of the hundred greatest metal records of all time by Rolling Stone. Yeah, well, go figure. <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah. am I right? It, it's yeah, not. I mean, it's great. Now, the, the other thing that I find fascinating here with this record is, and people are going to think I'm crazy and they're going to think I'm nuts, but... I feel Blizzard of Oz would have been Black Sabbath's next record had Ozzy stayed with the band. You think? I do. If if you listen to Technical Ecstasy 
and then you go and listen to Never Say Die, Blizzard of Oz is it just kind of picks up where those records left off. It's got the same feel. I mean, if you listen to She's Gone from Never Say Die and then pop over to Revelation Mother Earth, it's got the same exact feel to it. Those two songs have the same feel. Oh, my God. And I haven't thought about that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I realized that when I was kind of diving into everything because it it doesn't have – like, as – Black Sabbath went on, and and I think this is why, uh, you know, those two records, Never Say Say Die and Technical Ecstasy, didn't do as well, is because they didn't really have that signature Iomi guitar. It was a, it was a little, it was toned a little higher. It wasn't that dark, deep heaviness. It was, it was a little bit lighter. Yeah. And and if you look at Randy Rhodes playing on this stuff, it, it sounds a lot like tony iomi on those last two records that ozzy was on yeah now that you mention it oh i love this kind of stuff oh my god <laughs> I, ha- I have to go back to my vinyl collection and and and, and pull everything out Woo-hoo! yeah everybody's cool. got to go back and, and play that just listen yeah. to it, 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 it yeah. and it's nuts because and and what and, and again it's like okay so th- this could have been the next black sabbath record but not only that, but here, here are two records that didn't do well that led to his departure, his firing from Black Sabbath, and he goes and creates what you could call a follow-up to those two records. Yeah. Which, again, ultimately becomes not a failure, but one of the 100 greatest records of all time, yeah, according to a lot of people. You know, uh, Crazy Train reached number nine and went double platinum. I mean, this wasn't a shitty record by any stretch of the imagination. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing what Ozzy accomplished here. It really is. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would totally read a book on his story just in that, in that <laughs> months that led up to, you know, right before his firing up until he's like, you know, releasing this record. I would love to hear that story. Me too. It's it's sort of like the funny thing is that I actually heard him talk about Ozzy himself talk about those albums, and he said, "I can remember a thing. Was I on <laughs> them? If you ask Sharon, perhaps she knows. But it, but it's sort of like it's all all a all a haze to Ozzy. Ozzy, Blizzard of Oz is one of, one of the greatest albums in in all of metal history." It is. Was I on that? <laughs> it's sort of like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you, you kind of helped write it and <laughs> hang on all the songs. Yeah, you, you could say you had something to do with it. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, nuts. But, yeah. but speak, speaking about the songs, my favorite ones is, is Crazy Train, I Don't Know, and, and Mr. Crowley. And I... I got one more, but it's a bit controversial. It, I love Suicide Solution as a song. And mm-hmm. I know it got some mixed feelings when it all came out. And it's sort of like, how could you sing about those heavy topics? But but it's sort of like he always meant it as a, a, a preventment for kids to commit suicide. And it, it's it, people misinterpreted the whole, the whole song. That but, never happens in metal, does it? Never. No, it never happens. 
you you never get a a guy in a courtroom in the United States of uh, called Rob Halford to sing bits and pieces of a, of a song in front of a judge. Yeah. You never yeah. get that. You never get that. Never. But it's it's us, us in a nutshell. You know, that could have been it for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. But then he rolls out Diary of a Madman, <laughs> which yeah. I think... Okay, so let me let me back up a second. So I was not in the early days when Ozzy was releasing his stuff. I was not a fan. I was a Black Sabbath fan. I was not a fan of Ozzy solo stuff. Arguably, I probably never never gave it a real chance. But the, I went to in my freshman year. There was this kid in, in my one of my classes, and he was like this nutcase over Ozzy. This guy was like the biggest Ozzy fan ever. And he was always like, you got to listen to it. You'll like it. And, you know, we didn't really get along because I didn't like Ozzy and all that stuff. So fast forward a few years later, I actually gave Diary of a Madman an honest listen. I sat down and I listened to that and I was blown away by that record. And and I, I honestly, even to this day, I think that's a better record than um, uh, I just forgot the name of the record. <laughs> Blizzard of Oz. Blizzard of Oz. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I need to start drinking, I guess. Got a up here. <laughs> Biting head of doves and so forth. Then you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I mean, will, everything will come back to you. Once you're everything drunk and you got the yeah. white dove. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, th- that's when I really came to appreciate, you know, what Ozzy was doing on the solo side of things. And while it was similar to black Sabbath, it was especially dire diary of a madman was way different than, than Sabbath. And it still obviously had Ozzy's vocals. So it, that, there was that similarity, but you know, you listen to the, that, that title track diary of a madman. That thing is a masterpiece. That song is just, it's very orchestral in, in its sound. It's very classical. Um, you believer, I mean, just great, great songs on that record yeah, and yeah. a phenomenal follow-up. And that was what, just a year later that he yeah, yeah. released that after his first one, a little later here in the U S it's, it's, it's epic, man. You know, you, you look at his career from 1980 through the years and what he's done and going back to, you know, playing with black Sabbath again, reuniting with them and, and all that stuff. It, it, it's the dude has had one hell of a career. And, and you yeah. mentioned earlier, you know, that could be attributed to Sharon keeping him in line or at least mostly in line. Yeah. You know, what, what, what where would he be? I mean, I, I I'm not a, a Sharon fan. I, I, I cannot stand that woman. I think she's, she's evil in a lot of ways, but what would have happened to Ozzy? If she wasn't around, is she the reason Ozzy exists today? Was this meant to be? I think so. Was was Sharon supposed to be meeting Ozzy at the at particular moment? I think so. Was was mm-hmm. she she the the one to to pull him up from from the gutter? I think so. Say what you will about her. I'm, I'm, I mean, she's she's good at her job. I actually don't care about her. Uh, but but. She gave us Aussie. 
Yeah, no, she's, I think as a businesswoman, she's definitely smart. Her tactics and her ethics are questionable, I think, like re-recording Diary of a Madman with, so they didn't have to pay royalties and, and that whole story and some of the shit she's done, even like with Bill Ward and some of the reunion shows and all that stuff. I, I don't like those types of things, but all that aside, I do think she's a smart businesswoman and she really did take care of Ozzy and made Ozzy what he is today. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're being honest, Ozzy's not the best lead singer in the world. His voice no, is not the greatest. No. No. It, it, it fits with what he does. And yeah. But again, it, uh, yeah. there's a lot of front men like that. I mean, yeah. David but, Lee Roth. I mean, if you hear those isolated vocals, he's not a singer. It's a no. great front man, and it, the shit goes well with Van Halen, but he's not a singer, <laughs> you know? I, I, and that's I, the same way. No, but I've seen Ozzy live a couple of times with Black Sabbath and his solo solo thing. But it's sort of like the thing that that gets me every time. We we talked about this a, a while back about a guy like Jim Morrison. You, you didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like the same thing. Each and every time I see Ozzy live, it's sort of like, oh, you look around and it's sort of like. What the hell is going to happen right now? Because he's nuts. <laughs> he is nuts. Yeah, I mean, he he is nuts. It's <laughs> he's got those buckets at 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 the side stage, and and you don't know is there water, is there confetti, is is there is there a bat going on? <laughs> is it, it, is he going to throw dead bats into the audience? Yeah, yeah. You don't know. It, it's sort of like what the hell is going on here? And mm-hmm. and, and he's running around and he's. I mean, when you see him going, going, I love you all. It's sort of like, yeah, yeah, we love you too, Aussie man. Do, do your, do your freaky shit. And it's sort of like you don't care, cause, cause the music along with his voice, it's sort of like it's a match made in heaven. It is. Even, it works. Yeah, yeah, it Some works. Some work, man. You know. It, it, it's it's nuts, and and I do believe when he when he screams that out, "I love you all," I honestly believe he does. Yeah, of course you do. I, I you know, I, I think he is just one of those guys that I think he's just grateful to be alive at this point. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know that he it, it's so funny because you see him stumbling around. The guy can barely walk. He could barely talk. You, you can't understand a freaking word he says half the time. You know, when a few years ago when he did that reality show, you know, like what was it called? The Osbournes or something. And, yeah, yeah. you know, phone rings and he's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, doesn't even know it. But the dude is a different guy on stage. He gets on stage and it's like he runs around like a maniac. You can understand when he sings what he's saying. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's nuts. The dude is, is really, I, I think he's one of the greatest front men ever. I, I yeah, think more yeah. so in, in his solo career than even in Sabbath. Yeah, I think so too. In 1998, something cool happened. You got together with black Sabbath with his old, old cronies in black Sabbath. Again, thanks to Sharon, Sharon pulled that off and they did this live record called reunion. And, uh, do you remember when that came out? Uh, yeah, I do. And it had the two new tracks that uh, I was like so excited to hear, you know, new, new black Sabbath with Ozzy after like how many years, you know, almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, Psycho Man and Selling My Soul, the two songs. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. they're really yep. good. And then a few years later, they released another record with Ozzy, and we talked about this on the last show, 13. Oh, my God. Which, I mean, Psycho Man and Selling My Soul, those were those were good old-school Sabbath songs. They were a lot closer to Sabbath than, than what we got with you know, um, never say die and all that, but those didn't really hold a candle to the songs that were on 13. 13 was really going back to the roots of black Sabbath. I, I think no matter what people say or, or what they, they say themselves, it's sort of like those two songs on the reunion album. It's sort of like they, they were, I think they were older songs that, that Tony had kept in, in a drawer somewhere. And, and then he pulled it out because if you listen to those two songs and compare them to, to the, the songs that were brand new from for the album 13, it, it's sort of like, oh, man, there's a difference right there. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, 13 is so fresh. It's it's so it's so Sabbath again. It's sort of like, let's let's record this. Let's write this together. Let's do it in like in in, in the old days. And it's already, you, you can feel it on, on that album. Yeah, and, and you got to wonder what would have happened had they released that record instead of, say, Technical Ecstasy or Never Say Die. Yeah. Not only did we get Ozzy Osbourne solo stuff, we got Mr. Crowley, Crazy Train, I don't know, Suicide Solution. But we also got Ronnie James Dio as lead vocalist of black Sabbath. Oh my God. And oh that's next God. week. Oh my God. Don't get me started, man. <laughs> and that, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, Oh, what a, what a phenomenal time that was. Again, you've got a band that fires their, their singer off a of coming, you know, off a couple bad records and, and tours and fires their lead singer and hires this guy, Ronnie James Dio. And that we'll talk about next week. This has been Sounds on Vinyl. This was part two of our Birth of Heavy Metal series that features Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, and Ronnie James Dio. Part three will be next week. And I I can't wait for that. I'm a big Dio fan. Oh, me too, man. (laughs) Any, Any last words on Ozzy Osbourne? God bless you all. All right. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and go and follow Sounds on Vinyl over on Instagram and check out all the epic shit that Mike does over there on that account. It's just it's awesome. If if you love the old days of rock and metal and, you know, all the early days of the the 70s and 80s, go check that out, man, because it's a great trip down memory lane. And it's, it's just it's a great addition to this show. Let me say that. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.